Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Press Play Lifestyle Inspired Podcast, where we do interviews with interesting and inspiring people like our new friend Amanda. For our listeners, that's you to find the resources, tools, and support that they need to be their best inspired self at work and at home. Hi, Amanda. How are you today? Hi, Jackie. I am doing well. Super excited to be here and uh, share with your audience. So thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming as well. We really appreciate it. So if you wouldn't mind, would you introduce yourself to the audience and just tell them a little bit about you and what you do? Absolutely. Um, So my name is Amanda Asioli. I'm a wife and mom. I've got two kids and we live in Tampa, Florida. Um, Also, I was born and raised in Nebraska. And then I did go to school in San Diego and I lived a year in Brazil. So I always mention this I shouldn't say always. I like to mention this particularly on this podcast because we're looking for interesting people, but yet those that have a story and maybe a little bit inspiring. So uh, the short story is that I ended up in Brazil and I fell in love and my husband is Brazilian. So I also speak Portuguese. Um, So that's just my fun fact. But I uh, went to school right out of school. I joined the corporate financial world and thought that I was going to be a lifer and grow the corporate ladder. And it was going to be this big, beautiful, bold thing of, oh, Amanda's this corporate woman. She's the director, CEO, whatever. That was my dream as I was younger. And then I fell in love with a Brazilian who I feel really taught me how to love the right way. I will stereotype Brazilians that they've just got big hearts and they love big and just priorities started to change. Then once I had children, and I was going through the grind as we do in a corporate job and you're running the rat race of dropping off children and rushing, rushing, rushing was my whole life. I was just rushing. So I finally decided enough was enough and uh, left behind a corporate finance job where I was earning six figures, but I didn't care. I was ready to, to leave it behind and build a more passionate driven lifestyle that I wanted to to fully feel and and enjoy every aspect of that so that was last summer was when I officially left corporate and then two years ago was when I actually launched my business so that's my kind of hurry up and tell your story who I am that's awesome you know it's uh it's interesting to me that um even though you don't think about it you end up attracting people that are similar to you one moment so I don't cough in the mic but um, very similar. I, my husband's in finance, but I was a software developer. Um, and then life, you know, life happens to you and yep. running the corporate world, doing that, making, you know, better figures than now. Um, but then life, like you get older and I think we forget that sometimes your priorities might change and it's good to slow down long enough to see if, if that might be true for you. Um, and we've had two au pairs from Brazil. Awesome. Both, I know, both which spoke Portuguese. And they were very, very love, lovely and loving young ladies. So um, yes. I don't know if you are stereotyping or not, because I only know two people <laughs> from Brazil. But they're both yep. loving. So I think that's awesome. That's, that's a good stereotype if you're going to have one, right? I know. I mean, there's a lot of ways that I could go. There's some other ones I could could throw in there. But the biggest one is when I lived there and particularly spent so much time with his family is the one story I always like to tell is majority of the people actually didn't know what my job was when I first moved there. Like I was, yes, taking a, basically a sabbatical from corporate finance, but 
half the people that I would encounter never wanted to, to dive in. So tell me what you do, which I feel is just this American way of life of what people want to know, right? Who are you and what do you do? Well, like, tell me where you stand in the world. So that really stuck out to me that they genuinely wanted to just know me as a person and just wanted to spend time. And it didn't matter if I cut the grass or worked in business or stayed at home. They didn't care. Yeah. I think one of the things that um, I learned about some of the culture there were that everyone's like so many people are highly educated because they're, they're able to be educated without, not everyone has to pay for education and sure. so you may be talking to the guy that's cutting the grass, grass who has a master's, right? Yep. Because they, they're very highly educated, but they don't necessarily have jobs at that level. So sure. I, I think they just don't deal that way. They don't, it's not about like what number of masters or doctors you have mm-hmm. or where are you working? Because they all know that some of them are underemployed or under supported. Sure. Um, so I think that, I, that is a definitely different than the current, you know, current culture in the, in the States. So Mm -hmm. are you guys in the States now or are you, um, in, oh, you said Florida, right? You're in Florida. Yeah. We live in Tampa, Florida. And so how, how do you thought about it for a hot second, but the economy is way better here. Your money's going to go a lot further. Um, we do love Florida. We've only been in Florida for two years, but it's, it's close enough to what my life was like in San Diego and close enough to what life was like in Brazil. It's a little more humid than I would prefer, but I mean, it's, that's just now beginning and we're in June. So for the past six, seven months, it's been glorious weather. So I'm okay with that, but it's great. And especially for a female entrepreneur, for those of you that are listening, if you are either looking to relocate or whatever, Tampa is an amazing city for female entrepreneurs. There's so many women connecting groups and uh, meetups and all sorts of things for female entrepreneurs. That's great to hear. I think that people stereotype Florida sometimes that like everyone down there is a senior citizen, but you're clearly not. If they're not looking at you now, you're, <laughs> you're not a senior citizen. You still have children at home. Um, so that's, that's lovely. So we've talked a little bit about you. Thank you. And I am American. So then I am going to ask like, so tell us a little bit about the life after, uh, corporate finance. Like what did, what's showing up for you now? What are you doing now? Yes. Great question. So the really, I think more inspiring part about my story is I'm 32 just to be frank. So for those that are listening, you're wondering like, how can I apply my story to her story was, so this was at the time I was 30 years old and I just felt like, hi, I make a decent amount of money, but it, I just feel like there's more. And so my, my short like response to you all is there absolutely can be more there. There is more. And in full disclosure, I'm actually in Nebraska currently as we're recording this because I came home for two weeks with my kids to be with my family. And my husband will come join us, but this experience alone is why I did what I did because we're in the middle of a quarantine. Now, granted, I I would have been working at home anyway because my husband's corporate and he's working at home, but he didn't come with us for the two weeks because it would have been more stressful for him to make sure that he could log in every day and and yada, yada, yada. So my my morning today looked like, you know, we arrived yesterday. I woke up. I went for a run around the, the downtown. My mom took my kids out so I could work this morning. And then the rest of the afternoon, I will be off with my family. And I always remind people that it's not that I didn't want to work. 
but I just wanted a different way of working and a different way of providing for my family that didn't mean I had to sit at a desk from eight to five. Part of that story too is that I am a pretty efficient get down and like get down to business, do the work and get the heck out of there. And that obviously doesn't apply in the corporate space because they want you to sit your butt in a chair for eight hours and then it's magically five o'clock. And for some reason that's now okay to leave. It, it just, it just grinded my soul into the ground. So yeah. if I can get in front of the computer and do a solid three to four hours of work and I got everything I need to get done or I've connected with enough people and all of these things, then I'm going to go enjoy my life. It's kind of what you said too. Like, don't wait until you're retiring to then now enjoy your life. I want to enjoy my life now. I want to travel or wherever, you know, do whatever. And that's been just the biggest difference changing my life. Sure. It's still stressful, way more stressful than I thought. Um, not overly stressful, I would say, but just different stressors and, um, just the ups and downs of clients or no clients or shoot. Now I got a scale, which means I really need to have an, a website that, that looks like I'm a professional. When I first started, I didn't care. And it just, as you go on, you have to really up level kind of everything. And that takes time, money and energy. And, um, and it's just different. It's just different. The, the amount of ownership though I have for what I do is second to none. And then therefore, because it's backed with, passion, I can wake up and just be happy and ready to go for, for what I have to tackle and then do things like this, where I get to talk to new people and share my story with the world. And, and it's lovely. That's like my favorite part of my day sometimes is being able to do my podcast because I meet, I meet like the most crazy, interesting people who yeah. all have these lo like great stories of deciding that their life wasn't set up to serve them anymore and mm -hmm. that they wanted something different and I do love uh, you said two really cool things that people might think are sort of opposites but I think they're important if you're going into entrepreneurship the first is yes you can work how you're how you want so if you want to work at three in the morning or you want to go for a run and then work but you still work your tush off right you still work yep. very very hard um, yep. I always think like now I am the sales person and the marketing person and the do it person and the fulfillment person, right? You do all of the, the jobs. Um, but at the same time, I hate it. I was like really efficient too. So I get down and I maybe finish all my work because I'm doing it maybe three hours. Sure. So it looked like we were extra like good at our stuff, maybe better than other people at it, but we were just efficient. But you mm -hmm. still had to stay there. So then you're doing like three people's jobs, it kind of felt like, or four people's yep. jobs and still dealing with politics and corporate landmark climbing. And I'm going to be, Absolutely. I want to be your boss. And it's just exhaust. It's a different exhausting one right. that there's less control over. So I, I love that you had those both in there. Yes, there's more opportunity for how you manage your time, but you, you still have to, Still have to work there and do it. Yeah. Still got to work. So what yeah, and the bigger difference, one more comment on that is the yeah. big difference too, is that when I would leave work uh, in finance, I would leave and I would not think about work. And my business is like another child. 
So when my children go to bed, I want to then work, which isn't always where I need to lay the boundaries, right? So that's just the other piece. I would say over the past two years, I have personally developed myself way more than I had in the, in the previous five years, simply because I need to understand how to take care of myself, both physically and emotionally, be, because of that business and that desire to want to always be like, oh, let me just log in and check some things, or let me just talk to these people, or, you know, it just, it feels there's not ever like a shut off switch, but you have to build that in, or you become really overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think I would, um, I would tend to agree. I, I didn't, I was really, really overwhelmed when I made my transition and mine was because my daughter was given a diagnosis that we needed to be home to support her more. Mm -hmm. However, um, until I went from corporate to not corporate, I didn't really worry about taking care of myself and my energy, right? I just like went to work, yeah. did my work, came home, went to work. Same. And now like I've done more personal development in like that I have to pay for that I'm seeking out and worrying about taking time and then in my whole life. And I'm, I'm not 35. I'm 40. I'm in my forties. I'm 43. I just had a birthday and to be, it, it's kind of humbling to realize like in your forties, all of a sudden that you've neglected you for four decades, like everyone else came first. Um, so I think that's one cool thing maybe about, a lot of entrepreneurial women tend to kind of reinvent themselves as well when they go that direction and start to be like if the Brazilians would ask them what about themselves they'd have something to say now uh before I would have been like I yeah. work what do you do for fun I work okay you're boring you're right mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> no, but that yeah, was absolutely. I can say. and I think that's luckily I think that's part of what exists in the entrepreneurial world. You want to listen to podcasts or you're going to follow their entrepreneurs and it's frequent that you're going to hear, you know, the buzzwords of self-care and personal development and, and all of those things. And you don't necessarily hear about it as much in the corporate speak. So yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's very fun. So um, you're an entrepreneur that does what? what like how do you serve people what's what's your yes yeah offering? thanks for asking so i am a business strategist and i always focus on saying i'm a strategist because there are in my opinion there are two kinds of people in the coaching space and one typically tends to be like the motivator the woo woo like yes we can look internal and we're gonna figure this out and do it which is great and lovely but it's not me and I tend to provide you the strategy and then I'm going to kick your butt and make sure that you actually go do it. Yeah. So the way that I work with people, I give a lot of tough love. I give you a lot of strategy. I'll give you a lot of blueprints. You can follow the ways that I've done way done business, but then you actually now have to go do the work and, and I hold you accountable. So that's why I always mentioned strategist coach. Sometimes I think people can get the idea that it's Yes, you will get some strategy along the way, but maybe they're also expecting a lot of the handholding and it's just, just, just not the way they're in business. So yeah. I, I focus on three main pillars in my business strategy. So package, promote, and pitch. One main package is that we have to figure out what the heck you actually do. You'd be surprised how many people I start working with and then we're completely pivoting where they are in business because it doesn't actually make sense or they're not passionate about it or they don't 
actually even, they're not super talented or whatever. So that's kind of, we start out in, are you in the right sort of thing? Are you talking to the right sort of people? And then the nitty gritty is like putting it actually together into a true offer and pricing it. So that all goes into like pillar number one. We've got to figure out that before we can move forward. Then we're figuring out how do we actually now promote it. So no, we don't necessarily need to go pay for marketing or advertising. I'm not one that promotes paid advertising initially. I think you need to organically understand how to run your business. And then yes, when you're ready to scale and you have something that, that works, sure, go for it. But again, you need to really understand the clarity in your own message. It was probably one of the bigger mistakes I made early on in my business is that I didn't know how to sell people what they needed. I would give them what I thought they wanted, but I, would not, I, I couldn't get anywhere. And so again, that's a really big part of understanding your messaging, which is how you're promoting your, your business or your service product to other people. So really, really key to, to stay into that pillar, pillar number two. And then three is we have to sell. The reality is, is if you are an entrepreneur and you think that you got away from being in a sales role, you are wrong because being an entrepreneur, you are a full-time salesperson. That is the only way you're going to make money. You have to sell your product or service. So uh, because I have a background in financial sales, although it's a little bit different, some of those same tactics can still apply in how do we run the conversation? How do we actually get people onto a phone call with us? And then how do we learn how to pitch them on the phone so that they say yes and, and we move forward. That's kind of yeah. pillar number three. I love that. Yeah. And you have a great um, free resource on your website that kind of goes through the different pillar, which is great because people really know what they're going to get, what they can expect if they're working with you and, um, and some check, like it's actually very pretty too, but has a nice <laughs> checklist at the end that sort of walks people through it. And I'd have to agree. I, I find I may have, I may have spent a lot of money and got a lot of certifications after, <laughs> like I was a software developer and left brain. And I'm like, well, there's about to be a blueprint for all these things, right? There's a blueprint right. for everything. But a I find, um, and I am mildly stereotyping, but I find a lot of the coaching type programs, I may have gone to all of them. They teach you how to have a com coaching conversation. I literally think that's it. Like they put a lot of pretty things around it and say, call sure. it your signature program, make it 90 days, da, 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 da. But what they don't seem to do well yet is tell those people who, if they're a lot of people drawn to coaching are a little bit more on the hum humanity side, right? The, sure. like we said, the woo side or the motivation. Yeah. Yes. So they're usually not that predisposition to know how to do sales and marketing and that kind of stuff. So Absolutely. I think we've like armed all these people with great questioning techniques, but no way to sell it. Like no way to like, if 800 people all go, I coach, I sell one-on-one -on -one talking time. How does anyone know which one of you 800 people to pick? Mm -hmm. How, I would say that's what really allows me to stand out is most people love the three pillars. I get a lot of feedback on having like three set pillars but also so many people come to me saying, Amanda, I know my ideal client. I know my niche. And they talk that way because it's what every coach talks about. So no, I'm not that different in the fact that I do need to make sure that you understand that. But then I am going to make sure the bigger key where most people fail is that they don't know how to show up online. And if you're a virtual online entrepreneur, 
that's where you have to be. So, you know, most people come to me and they're like, well, no, I can't find any friends. Well, they have, or I can't find any clients. Well, they have 900 friends on Facebook and they are posting on their business page that has 125 likes. Like your visibility is pretty small. You know, the amount of people that are seeing you or even you're spending all this effort on making content and they just don't get it. They don't understand what visibility means or how you get visibility or, you know, this morning I was talking with a client about becoming an expert in a virtual admin role. Just like, well, what do you mean expert? Like there's 10,000 million virtual assistants nowadays. So like you were saying, how is one entrepreneur going to choose a virtual assistant? They're probably going to start choosing more and more like specifically for one yeah, you know, like a VA things. for podcasters or a VA yeah. for YouTubers or a VA Absolutely. for life coaches specializing in goal setting, right? There's mm-hmm. going to be that real. Yeah, I do think it's where it's going because there's just, there's so much more competition, which is great and I'll support it. But I do think, I do think entrepreneurs will have bigger teams in the future because they will have just a team of a whole bunch of specialists, not just a generalist. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- yeah, I, Absolutely. And I, I'm, I'm glad to see, I like the idea that you, the strategist component as well, because um, my mistake, which makes sense that I made, was I came from, I'm, I was a database administrator at the beginning of my career. And I eventually moved into like the corporate side, but I started from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. Right? So I was like, oh, this guru said post every day. This guru said do a live video every day this guru said, do this post tweet this day. And what you end up, I am like prolific, right? I am everywhere, right? I was all over the place. But people be like, but I don't literally know what you do. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, wait a minute. I don't, I don't know what I do. Like, (laughs) because you you kind of like start from doing what you're told to do, doing all the doings, but then toward what aim? So I, I love I love the simplicity of that. There is something to be said for stepping back and looking at strategically what's your big picture, how are you serving, who are you serving, um, and having someone to help. I mean, for anyone listening, it, it it is helpful to have someone with a business mindset to help you look at that big picture, find out how you can stand out, find out who you can serve. Um, right. Otherwise, you end up you really end up underpricing yourself and it's hard to get good at it. If one day you're coaching relationships and one day you're helping someone set up their podcast and one day you're doing Mm -hmm. YouTube videos, like it's, you, you never even Mm -hmm. get competent at a lot of things, but you're certainly able to do a bunch of them poorly. And that's can be frustrating. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, and uh, what would be, if somebody is sitting at home right now and they're like, okay, I don't know if I need Amanda to help me what question would you ask them for you to be sure that they were someone that you probably could support? Awesome. Uh, I usually ask them two questions. So I'll ask them what's their vision over the next six to 12 months. And then what is keeping them stuck currently? So I want them to explain to me where they feel like they are stuck. Most of the time I end up pulling out another true answer of that answer to the question for example, they'll say, well, if I just had more leads, everything would be fine. It's a normal response that I get. Mm-hmm. And when we actually drill down into it, it's not really that they want more leads. 
So where that conversation typically goes, I'm like, okay, so if I were to send you 10 leads right now, could your business handle it? Like hot leads, ready to go, ready to work with you. And they're like, Ooh, maybe not. Right. Cause then they probably don't have the right process in place to actually serve those clients. Well, or they're like, we were, you were saying earlier, they're going to serve them a different sort of offer for each one. One's going to be a podcast, a YouTube, a website. Mm-hmm. So then they're just going to fall flat. And I just gave them 10 hot leads. So anyway, we usually end up finding some other sort of problem that starts back at the foundations of the way that they're really running their business. So if I can ask them those two questions, I can usually find the answers I'm looking for to then say, I can help you or no, I can't help you. Awesome. So Amanda, I wish we could talk all day because you are super interesting. Um, Where can people find you? And um, like, what are all your details? What are you currently offering? That kind of stuff, if you mind sharing. Yep, absolutely. So a couple things I will mention, you had talked about the freebie that's on the site. This is probably the number one thing I get asked about the most often is I don't know how to package my offer. So that's what the freebie is on the site. It, t- it walks you through a couple of different pages of a PDF, thelux-way.com. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes, but you can click there and download the freebie specifically on how to kind of rework your main offer. And from there, you can also book a call so that then you could talk about the different ways to work with me, which are two separate ways. So I will work with people one-on-one who are really ready to grow and scale the business. They've already done all the courses. They've already tried it all DIY and they're ready to actually seriously take very massive action. That's what that looks like. Uh, It's an evergreen model. So you can come in and join at any time. And then every quarter I do run a 90 day mastermind. This typically tends to be for someone that's a year to three years in business and they're feeling more like the hot mess express. They don't really know which way is up. And so they need a lot of these more foundational things to help them not launch a business. They've launched a business, but they just can't get past the proverbial two to $5,000. And they're really wanting to get past that. So um, that you can also, you once you book a, a call, we can chat about it and I'll share more details there. But once you're in my circle, if you've downloaded the freebie or have gone to my website, you'll find all the other ways to hang out with me. Yeah, that's awesome. And we definitely will have your website um, in the show notes and any other social media ways to get a hold of you. But thank you awesome. so very much for taking time with us today. It was nice getting to know you about your lovely family and also about the business that you have. So thanks again, Amanda. I look forward to staying in touch. Thanks, Jackie. Have a good one. You too. Bye.